Go. Love Island, baby, won't you meet me by the pool? Love Island, never thought I'd be here finding you. I'm trying to get wet, ain't talking about swimming. When you with me, there's no better feeling, no. I'm here when you need, whenever you need, I'll hold you tight. Will you kiss me? It just feels so right. When you kiss me, it just feels so right. <laughs> Welcome to L Squared, a podcast with fresh Love Island content. So this was another emotional episode of Love Island because we had a brutal double dumping of the guys. There were eight guys and six girls. Two guys had to go. And unfortunately, Jeremiah was one of the two guys who left the villa that episode. And that is extremely, extremely sad because... I feel Jeremiah was one of the best ones. He was the only one at the time with an accent. He was the funniest one. I feel he had the most potential to give us some jokes and slang. He just didn't get enough time on screen. And honestly, I think we saw this coming because he kept saying things like, we're taking it slow with Rachel, which was an indicator that he wasn't as into her as she was into him. And Evidently, he ended up admitting that to her during the episode. Now, I understand some people may be thinking, "Mm, he should have told her that sooner, or so he was just fooling around with her until the last possible minute. I think he never made any solid promises to Rachel. She was the one who was saying, oh, all of my eggs are in your basket. You know, I'm all in for you. But Jeremiah never said that to her. So I think that was just kind of him finally getting it off his chest in a moment where it mattered that he's just not that invested in the relationship or he just never felt that spark with her. So I think it was good on him to be honest with her. And I think we can securely say that Jeremiah kept it real in the villa. Obviously he wanted to stay because he made such great friends. His exit was extremely emotional. A lot of the guys were crying. He was crying, he teared up. We're not gonna get any more J&J jingles from Johnny and Jeremiah, but He was his true and authentic self in that villa, and that's what matters. And I'm so glad that he was able to walk away having found a brotherhood. James, on the other hand, I'm sure he had a full Love Island experience as well. No one else came in for him or showed any interest toward him. You know, that's how the game goes. If there's no one there for you, then you have to leave the villa. And I just hope that in James's post interviews, he can give us some more clarification on what was going through his mind and just his perspective on the whole situation. And we will recap both Jeremiah and James's interviews in a later podcast episode. This episode of Love Island, however, opened with the Islanders playing the casino game roulette, which is the spinning wheel and the person drops the ball on the wheel and wherever the ball lands for this game, that's the dare the Islander had to complete. So the hot moments of this game was 
or were when Connor had to kiss Moira. It was a quick peck on the lips, not a big deal, but Kenzie didn't take it well because when Connor moved to try to kiss her on the cheek, she very obviously rejected him. She was not very pleased with what she saw. And then Connor was there again to give a double kiss to two girls at the same time. Those two girls were Rachel and Justine. So people were commenting that Connor is into the swirl. <laughs> I would love to think that too, but I honestly think that um, he chose those two because he has the strongest friendship connection to those two Islanders. But I'm going to hold out hope. There could be a potential swirl out there. I'll, I'll put it out. I'll put it out. Um, but Kenzie just was very dissatisfied with Connor's behavior. I think he accepted the dares and, and did them as gracefully as he could. He even said in the confessional that he didn't want to kiss all over anybody else out of respect for his relationship with Mackenzie, which I think is great. And I think Mackenzie should loosen up a little bit because this is the dynamic of the competition they're in. Although her and Connor are together, they still have to participate in the games and they still have to go on dates. So there are just some things that are out of Connor's control and you have to judge him based on how he's responding to that. And his response was the best way possible. He participated without being exuberant with his participation, but it's not fair for Mackenzie to reacts so negatively that it makes Connor feel bad about what he's doing, especially since he didn't volunteer to do it. It's something that everyone has to participate in. He was chosen for it. So after roulette, the Islanders receive a text to select a couple to go to the hideaway. And of course, that was Johnny and Sally because they've been the most drama-free, longest-standing couple so far. And I think we were all kind of excited because in the first episode, Sally said that she may do bits. So I think we were all kind of curious as to what was going to go down in the hideaway. <laughs> Are we going to get any like juicy little rustling of the sheets? But... Um, Sally later clarified that she was a lady, not a hoe. So she didn't really disclose any information if anything did go down. I really think if something happened, they would have shown us a little something to insinuate something had happened. But Sally just said that they had some deep conversations about their childhood and really took more time to get to know each other. So that's really, really great. But I can't wait for their relationship to get tested because I feel like it's just way too perfect right now. Good to know that Sally's a lady, though. That's pretty interesting, considering I predicted earlier that Sally would be the one out of the two to stray. But Johnny hasn't been tested yet, so there's still potential for him to be the hoe. Later in the episode, the Islanders find out that there's going to be a double dumping later. And this is a good moment to comment on how happy Caleb is. <laughs> he gets up in the morning cheerfully, says good morning to everybody very loudly. You know, he is so excited for every single text. It looks like he's ready to just burst out into song and dance every single time. So I really appreciate this guy's energy because just in the background, you know, you just see him smiling and just like ha having the time of his life being a part of the experience 
And of course, the boys are threatened that the women now have the power. So like I said, the double dumping was pretty brutal. I hate that the OGs are gone. I always feel like they're the strongest islanders and that they should be saved a little bit. So since Jeremiah left, that means Caleb was chosen later on when the dumping actually happened in the episode. And this happened because, you know, Jeremiah confessed to Rachel that he's not feeling it with her. And on Instagram, Love Island released a clip of Jeremiah and Rachel having a conversation before the clip we see in the real episode. This clip I'm talking about happened in the daytime and Rachel and Jeremiah are sort of hashing out their their feelings toward each other. And in this clip, you they kind of explain more of how they're feeling toward each other and that makes it seem less abrupt than when we hear it later in the night, sort of like Rachel was completely blindsided by how Jeremiah was feeling toward her. That's not really how it went. Um, I thought it was kind of funny that in one scene um, when Jeremiah and Justine were sitting at the breakfast bar, Jer um, Jeremiah was listening to Justine talk about her relationship with Trey, and she was talking about how those two are still pretty open. They're still in the friend zone. And at that moment, that sort of indicated to me that Justine was trying to open the door for Jeremiah to walk through. But Jeremiah wasn't walking through. He was kind of just repeating what she was saying to let her know, I hear what you're saying. I'm not walking through. He was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, open, open. Like, I get it, but... I don't want to jump back in that with you. Like, I'm not feeling Rachel and I'm not feeling you either. There's just no one here for me. And I respect him for that. And that also kind of made me think, okay, Justine isn't feeling Trey. Like, she gave him a chance, but Trey chose her. She never checked for him. So I'm glad Justine has somebody to secure her in the villa and that those two are a partnership. But I'm really, really hoping that Justine starts moving toward Caleb. I always think it's so funny how hard the boys start sweating. Like we already saw how crazily they behave um, when they feel threatened, especially when Moira came back from her date. Johnny was one of the first guys over there to start hounding her with questions. And now that the girls have the power for the dumping, you know, the guys are like squirming. They're like, oh, this doesn't feel right as if it's unnatural. But guys, this is Love Island. So leading up to the dumping, James tries to make it snap with Moira again. And of course, Moira says no to that. And that was kind of an awkward conversation. Um, I guess James was just trying to hold out hope because he really liked Moira. And I think he felt their connection was real. I think it was real too, but I think just the way he reacted to to situations just really turned Moira off and she was just way too overwhelmed with the whole prospect. I like flirting with you. It's just like so wild. No regrets though, right? No. No regrets. Could you see yourself getting to that point again or? <sighs> um Yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah. That's, that's good news for me. We should also talk more about Connor and 
Mackenzie's conversation about how Mackenzie's reaction during the games made Connor feel. So Connor was basically expressing to Mackenzie that her reaction made him feel bad, like her insecurity about, I guess, herself and even their relationship makes him feel like he's doing something wrong, but he doesn't think that he actually is. I think he believes that he handled the situation in the best possible way, but because Mackenzie feels bad, he feels at fault, like he's done something to cause her hurt feelings. And that's not necessarily true. I think Mackenzie's issues are more related to how she feels about herself and just her perceived security in the relationship. And I think as girls, we've all been there you know, when our guy is like out hanging out, you start thinking things like, oh, he's probably out cheating, except a Mackenzie's is kind of like on a different level because there's no wonder about what Connor's doing. He's doing it right in front of her. And she kind of just needs to tell herself that everything is okay. And they're on Love Island. These are the rules. So I kind of felt bad for Connor because I feel he expressed himself very clearly and communicated with Mackenzie very well and in a gentle way so that she could understand, but she wasn't being very receptive to what he was saying. Um, it kind of came across like she wasn't even listening to him because instead of responding something like, okay, I'm sorry, I feel so insecure, I just didn't really like the game. You know, instead of just telling him how she felt and just like understanding how he felt, she kind of tried to shift the blame onto him again and say, oh, I feel so blindsided that you're telling me this right now. I don't think that was the issue. I just don't think she liked that he was telling her that at all. I don't think it really mattered at what time he told her. I think he told her at a really good time because last night or the previous night, he probably felt that way, but he just didn't know the best way to say it. So he slept on it. And the next day he still didn't like the way things went down. So that solidified in his mind. Okay. Something needs to be said about this. This is how I'm going to say, it. I think he made a very calculated decision and he executed it well. It's just Mackenzie would have never been ready to hear that or receptive to it or accepting of it. So it kind of makes me feel bad that they're both feeling bad in the relationship. And hopefully Mackenzie can bring herself to a point where she can listen to what Connor's saying, because he's definitely the type of person who wants to work out relationship issues. It's just, he needs someone to work with him. I don't like to be controversial and I don't like to fight at all with Mackenzie. It, it makes me feel like I am not doing a good enough job in this relationship and it leaves a lasting impression on me just some people have been saying that Connor needs to grow more of a backbone that he's being a worm he's already admitted in his intro video that he doesn't have a lot of dating experience or relationship experience it's clear that he knows what's necessary for a good healthy relationship and that's it has to be built upon. But I also think his lack of experience is kind of showing here. So that conversation was the last big moment before the double dumping. 
And one thing that surprised me about the double dumping was just how emotional the guys were. Like they panned to Calvin's face and it looked like he was ready to cry and he'd only been there for maybe 48 hours. So that just lets you know how emotionally intense the moments at the fire pit get. And I just thought it was so interesting that Carrington started crying. Like he seemed to be one of the guys who were the most affected by Jeremiah's leaving. And that was surprising to me, but also not surprising because although everyone, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are against Carrington because he comes across as very arrogant and cocky. I just think that's a very minimal personality trait for him. Um, he confessed actually during the episode that he's a military brat. So losing friends has been something that's impacted him a lot in his life because, you know, friends would go away and or sometimes they would move away during his childhood. And I think Jeremiah's leaving kind of brought him back to that. And he also seems like a person who prioritizes his friends a lot. So I just thought it was so interesting that you know, he was really crying and he surprised himself that he wasn't the big bad wolf that he set out to be on Love Island. Honestly, I figured I'd make friends, but I was I was here to to find a girl and step on toes. That was me, you know, big bad wolf. And it didn't happen that way. I did the complete opposite. I, I made great friends. Damn. As for the new girl, I really, really hope she goes on the date with Connor for the sake of drama. But personally, I voted for Caleb because I think the two of them would be a good match. I think Caleb is going to run from Rachel straight over to Lauren. Lauren, I definitely think she's going to shake up a lot of things in the villa. She's the most recent bombshell. And all of these guys are like highly reactive to anything that happens in the villa. So my hope... My absolute highest hope would be that Lauren manages to snag Johnny or even just put a little scratch on his perfect image in the villa because him, him, his and Sally's relationship just seems way too perfect to me. So if Lauren were aggressive enough to pursue Johnny, I actually think he would stray from Sally. And I don't want to hurt Sally. She's one of my favorites, but I just really want a good storyline. And I actually want Johnny and Sally's storyline to develop because if he were to stray or get stolen and then go back to Sally, that may make a really good character arc. We don't know, but we'd like to see it. So I think Lauren is going to really mix things up, especially if she goes on a date with Connor. I think Caleb is going to try to give her some play. And we'll just see what happens. So now we're at the point in the episode where we mentioned some tweets. At Sosi says, I knew Connor was a spicy white boy. You see how he picked two black queens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hope Connor's down with the swirl. That would be interesting. A underscore Clement 13 says, Moira said, he said he would be my crutch. And James said, and it's the meme of the guy blinking really fast. Yeah, James was definitely stunned by that line. I think he was thinking, man, if only I'd said that, I may have won her back. <laughs> All 
Um, someone else comments us voting for Connor and there's a meme of I'm going to create an environment that is so toxic. Yeah, a lot of people were going off on Twitter about voting for Connor just to get Mackenzie's reaction. I know a good amount of people also wanted to save Connor because they feel he's trapped in the relationship with Mackenzie. So I think he'll be relieved to have another option. So he won't feel like he's making his decision by force. Because once again, if there's no one there for you on Love Island, then you've got to go. Someone else says, y'all see the difference between Connor and James's reaction? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Connor is definitely very pragmatic and logical. He approaches things with a very calm demeanor, but James was much more emotional. So... That's a big difference. You should try to approach things that upset you, especially having to do with other people with um, a calm attitude as to not instigate the situation. So some people were confused about Jeremiah and his feelings toward Rachel. One person says, Jeremiah was just cooking Rachel breakfast, gave that amazing speech at the recoupling, and now all of a sudden he doesn't feel a spark. Yeah, I think Jeremiah was just having a good time. <laughs> I think he was living his Love Island experience to the fullest. I do think he cares for Rachel. But once again, I think he got with Rachel so fast because he wanted to get out of that awkward situation with Justine. And I think he was just, you know, hanging out with Rachel. But then he realized that she was really catching feelings. So he had to fess up about his own feelings. So, of course, a lot of people were reacting to Mackenzie because she cried in this episode during her conversation with Connor. And one person says, Mackenzie, girl. Yeah, I mean, I get she's she's a crier. That's just a given. I mean, whatever happens that she doesn't like, she's going to cry about it. But it makes for good TV. You know, that's why we, well, I didn't, but a lot of people voted for Connor to go on the date because we just want that drama. We're a hungry audience. Chocolate, cinnamon, apple. Someone else said, yeah, that was really funny, kind of uncomfortable that Sully called Johnny that. <laughs> I don't think he meant for her to say that out loud in front of everybody, but I also don't think he mind. She, she said that during the recoupling speech. Our couple power rankings have changed quite a bit since the last episode, especially since two of the new guys were selected to join the villa. So Johnny and Sally are our reigning top power couple. They've been together for the longest with the least amount of problems. Also, we can't forget that Sally was desired by three different guys at one point and no one's really sought after Johnny, but he still seems to be leading the guy group and has really solidified himself with the men. So in our number two position is Carrington and Kirsten because they haven't had any issues yet either. And then we've also saw, we also saw some character development with Carrington when he cried during Jeremiah's um, exit. So that kind of shows to us that he's a bit softer than he let on. And it just lets us get a little bit closer to his on-screen character. And once again, him and Kirsten seem to be getting really close. They look very romantic and lovey-dovey. So they seem to be the number two couple right now. Connor and Mackenzie are in the third spot. They're still together. They're just 
looking to work out another problem. So hopefully if they overcome this bump, then maybe they can get higher in the ranking again. But it's not looking too good for them because some of the fans already want to see them broken up just because Mackenzie's behavior hasn't been very good. So in the fourth spot, thankfully not at the bottom for the very first time, Trey and Justine are there. Even though they're a friendship couple, those two Islanders are OGs. So we know their personalities pretty well at this point, and people have already started to root for them. Trey has already put his heart on his sleeve, telling Justine that he's all in with her and he wants to take it slow and get to know her. As far as Justine is concerned, I think my girl is the queen. She's going to give Caleb a chance. She just does what she wants, you know. I think she's going to give Trey his chance, but she's just going to move wherever she sees fit. So I hope Trey hasn't really put all of his eggs in Justine's basket. And I really hope he didn't just pick her as a safety net because if she is not that for him, he's just going to be really, really upset by that. So next, um, we have Calvin and Moira. I put them lower on the list because, of course, Calvin is one of the newer Islanders. And some people aren't really a fan of Moira right now because of how she was reacting during the James situation. Some people thought she was being very passive aggressive. But I think the two of them are a good couple and they seem to get along pretty nicely. So we'll see how that develops. And then last on the list, I put Caleb and Rachel. Now, both of these people are New Islanders, at least in the Calvin Moira couple, we have one OG, which is Moira, but Caleb and Rachel are two completely new cast members. And we don't know either of them very well. We just know that Caleb, he was instantly friend zoned by Kirsten and Rachel on his dates. And he's just the guy in the background right now who has a very positive attitude. And Rachel, we've only seen her having small conversations with Jeremiah, being a little bit flirty here and there. But we, we haven't really seen much of who she is. So we don't really know these two yet. And by the looks of their date, they may be still in the friend zone. So that puts them at the bottom of this power ranking list. As far as our diversity percentage, that hasn't changed because the new girl hasn't arrived yet. Oh, actually, I made a mistake. I did a new calculation. And since we have 12 Islanders left and everybody is coupled up as of this moment, seven out of the 12 Islanders are people of color. So that means 58% diversity at this stage. But once the new girl arrives, that'll change. So stay tuned for the new diversity percentage next episode. This is just a reminder that we have some exciting articles and podcast episodes coming soon about colorism, masculinity, and other topics that you send in to our podcast. You can submit something through the Anchor app or DM us on our social media. Thank you to everyone who participated in the group chat. It was a lot of fun watching the episode with you all. Keep up with us at Lonely Loquate on Instagram and Twitter. DM us if you'd like to be featured on the show. We love responding to listeners' comments. We'll be back tomorrow night with more fresh Love Island content.